Hello, my friend, and welcome to this podcast through a trauma-informed lens, Soma, Psyche, and Soul. My name is Aneta Itchak, and I'm your host here. This podcast is for you if you're a heart-centered practitioner who works or wants to work with clients in a more trauma-informed and somatic way. You might be a coach, a yoga teacher or therapist, a healer, holistic wellness practitioner or a body worker. I welcome you here. In this podcast, we are going to explore how we can connect with and support others from a more compassionate and embodied space and in a way that includes the wholeness of our and our clients' felt experience, in a way that includes our soma, psyche, and soul. I will be sharing with you somatic practices and tools that I teach in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach training certifications. And I will be speaking with other practitioners who, like me, are on a mission to create safer spaces and make a real positive impact within their communities and the world. I hope you will join me in this conversation and welcome again. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode and thank you for joining me here today. Today I want to explore a topic that I know resonates with so many of us and that is the topic of overwhelm and burnout. This is something that comes up so often when I am mentoring and coaching other female practitioners. This is something that is very real in for many of us whether you are in employment or whether you are self-employed. I know from my own um, experience, I went through many episodes of feeling overwhelmed and I experienced burnout when I was working in social care. And I've watched many of my colleagues, I've watched my partner, I've watched um, his sister and their friend go through burnout and go through very challenging periods in their lives. And so I want to share with you my understanding that comes from my own experience. And as I said, experience of working with many practitioners over the last 25 years, whether it was with volunteers in social care or frontline family workers in social care. And also in my own business when I am training and mentoring other practitioners who primarily are self-employed, but not all. Some of the practitioners that I work with are still in a full-time employment and trying to build their business on their side. And so I want to share with you some transformative somatic and embodied practices. But before I move over to that, to those practices, I wanted to start with really explore a little bit of what we are dealing with. So there is a difference between overwhelm and burnout. I'm sure you know that. Uh, overwhelm often comes and hits us suddenly. It's like a wave, suddenly this wave of um, feeling comes on and everything seems too much to handle. There is too much work, too many uh, projects, too much uh, accountability, 
too much that we need to juggle. And often when we think about overwhelm, one of the images that comes up quite often is spinning lots of different plates in the air and trying to not drop any. In op opposite to that is the burnout and burnout usually creeps up on us. It happens over a longer period of time and it can result, well, it usually results um, in chronic stress, exhaustion that lasts for much longer. And I think that is a real important difference here. We really need to understand that recovering from burnout will take a long time. The longer it took for it to uh, build up within the, our system, within our bodies, within our lives, the longer it might take for us to recover from it. Whereas when we think about overwhelm, we can actually deal with it much quicker because usually it comes up, it sweeps us like a wave, pushing us off our feet. And we can then do something about it. If we ignore it, then obviously that can lead to burnout. Both can deeply affect our well being. Both can leave us feeling depleted, disconnected, spent. And one of the things that is really important in both of them is to really recognize those early warning signs. The earlier we recognize those early warning signs, the easier and the quicker we can then recover from it. And one of the things that I wanted to say in here is that from my own experience and from working with many clients over the last 25 years and practitioners, I know that when I get overwhelmed and start paying attention to my somatic experience, I, know, I usually notice that I got caught up in doing again. I noticed that everything has become about working and being more efficient, the best productive and efficient that I can be. And usually my state of overwhelm comes from being in that energy of doing, 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 busy, 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 and not making enough time for simply being. And in those times when I get overwhelmed, I notice that even my morning practices, my, I've got very solid uh, morning somatic practices in place. I've done it for many years. But in those times when I get overwhelmed, what I notice is that even those morning somatic practices and that include my journaling and embodied uh, listening practices, I noticed that they shifted into solution-focused way. And that creates a huge imbalance within me. And I become overwhelmed. I start struggling. 
Um, it then impacts my sleep. It and then it, of course, it impacts my pro productivity and efficiency. And I lose contact um, or touch with being inspired and creative and spontaneous. I lose my sense of humor. I uh, start being very serious, very serious and. You know, I haven't got the start thinking. I haven't got time for this. I have to, I have to do this. <laughs> and I also noticed that even when I go for early morning walks or afternoon walks with our dog, Oscar, I start rather than enjoying the beauty of nature around me, rather than enjoying just walking and playing with Oscar and chatting with other people, my focus is still on productivity, on what I have to do, how can I do it in the best way, in the most efficient way, uh, the projects that I'm working on. Um, you know, I start looking at my phone. That's one of the things that I notice as well. Like I, when I go out for walks with Oscar, I try not to use my phone at all. So when I notice that I start, start using my phone on those walks, I know that I shifted too much into this doing, doing, doing mode. And, you know, this is, this is so prevalent in our Western society because our Western society tries to impose on us the belief that we are only worthy as a human being if we are productive and efficient. And that has a ripple effect in so many different ways. This glorification of busyness, this glorification of the more projects you have, the more busy you are, the more visible you are, the better. Uh, this dismissing of lived wisdom, especially in our elderly, where there is so much wisdom. They live this life, they witness so much, they learn so much. And the same time, they become less productive because their productive years are, you know, finished. They finish working, maybe they are retired. And we don't value that wisdom because the myth is that being a worthy human or being a worthy female or, um, or man or a practitioner means that you have to be really productive and efficient. And we know that this is not true. Do you know it? I know that for sure. I know it. This is why we are not called human doings. We are called human being. Emphasis on the word being. And yet in our daily business, we can so easily forget about this. We can so easily be swept by this energy of doing. A simple signs like yin and yang sign remind us of this. You know, yin, feminine, being, receptive, allowing, following the rhythm of nature, and yang, masculine, doing, achieving, conquering, solution focus, making things happen. And our society is based on the Cartesian thinking, I think, therefore I am. 
the structures of our society are built on that. And so it's very much about doing, about achieving, you know, about approaching our lives and our work from this perspective. And that can lead so easily to overwhelm and burnout. This is especially important if you are a woman and a female practitioner and you are working with others. If you get caught up in that energy, there will be a price to pay. And normally that price that we pay is with initially with overwhelm, but then it also might be around our well-being and mental health. It could be around our physical health. It could be so many different things, so many different things that are a consequence of it. Our relationships, our connection to life, our connection to ourselves. And in here, it's so important to remember that our bodies hold the key to overcoming those challenges and those difficult times when we feel overwhelmed and burnout. You cannot think yourself out of overwhelm and burnout. Yes, you can change your thinking around it, but thinking and awareness is not enough. When we experience stress, our nervous system responds to that. It helps us to prepare to either face the challenges or run away from them, run away from danger. And the important thing that, is, that we need to understand is that it's not just our nervous system. It's every single system within our body because our physiology changes, our breathing changes. Our heartbeat changes, our blood pressure changes, our hormonal um, balance changes. Um, you know, it impacts our sleep and therefore our recovery. It impacts our immune system. It impacts every single system within our body through our physiology. And if we stay in that state of overwhelm and then shift into burnout where we go into complete shutdown because we no longer have anything left to keep facing or running away from that danger. Then the consequences are really real for us. And this is where somatic practices come in especially those somatic practices that help us to regulate our nervous system, that help us to make a shift within our physiology. And the interesting thing is, if you know about polyvagal theory, something that we cover a lot in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women training certification, is that the state creates story. And this is why I said that you cannot think yourself out of 
your state. Yes, you can to a certain degree, but I'm sure you know trying to change how you think where your body is responding in a certain kind of way, you know how difficult that is. But when we focus on a, on a change in the state, physiological state and nervous system state, then our story changes. Then what we believe about ourselves and other people changes. And what do we say about to ourselves when we hit overwhelm? Well, think about it for yourself. I know that I say to myself, the first thing that comes up is I can't do it. Sometimes it's, I have to do it. I have to do it. I just have to try harder, which perpetuates the sense of overwhelm. I know when I hit burnout, it was definitely the story in my mind was, I can't do it. No matter what I do, it's not working. I just cannot do it. Cannot live my life like this. I cannot do this work. I cannot cope. Nobody cares. I'm completely alone within all of this. But can you see how it will impact what you say to yourself and then it will impact your physiological and nervous system state even more. It's kind of closed self-reinforcing cycle that is happening within us. And so shifting from the state of doing, 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 busy, 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 into the state of being, back into reconnecting with the present moment, will help us to shift that inner state. And this is where the somatic practices are so, so, so amazing. Somatic practices, and when I talk about somatic practices, I'm talking about grounding exercises, about uh, breath work, um, and uh, working, being with breath. I'm talking about the gentle somatic movement or somatic yoga. And I'm also talking about embodied listening. So focusing, being with yourself, knowing what your nervous system is trying to, or your body is trying to tell you about your own inner experience. So practices like grounding exercises can help us to reconnect with our inner experience, with our body, with our breath, with the solidity of our being. They help us reconnect with the present moment. And they can offer us this solid foundation of stability, especially when it feels like everything around you is uncertain. Everything around you is not solid. There are too many things coming at you. And you are in this reactive mode, or maybe even already in the shutdown mode. Really coming back to the weight of your body, the physical sensations of touch, your senses, the support of the ground and Mother Earth underneath you. 
And these are the kind of exercises that you can do anywhere, whether you are sitting down or standing down, standing up or lying down, connecting with the stability and the support underneath you. Can be really good way of experiencing that solid foundation underneath you and within you. Another practice in here that is really amazing is being with breath. So there are many breath work exercises out there. A breath is something that we can work with. We cannot change, like you cannot change directly unless you are enlightened and you can, then I stand corrected. But otherwise, for most of us, we cannot change um, our heartbeat directly. I cannot slow it down um, just because I want to. I cannot um, influence my hormonal cycle. I cannot um, influence my digestion directly, but I can do it and we all can do it through being with our breath. Breath work can shift our energy. It can help us to move from anxious to calm. It can help us to feel, to arrive in the present moment, to be more here. It can help us to release holding of the tension in our belly, create more space for the breath within our body. And I know that many people talk about specific breathwork exercises and many of us struggle with it. So I would really invite you to just be with your breath. Your body has got a really amazing innate wisdom. When we start, for example, with arriving in the present moment, doing some grounding, feeling the support underneath us, and then being with breath, your body will self-regulate. We don't have to necessarily go into counting or breathing in any specific way, although that can help as well. It's just that simple way of being with your breath and not only being with your breath in the mindful way, but also becoming your breath, experiencing yourself within your body as your breath breathing. It's a very different way. Then we're shifting from a practice being somatic into an embodied practice, embodied breath practice. Another thing that we can do in here is, you know, gentle somatic movement or somatic yoga. They're not the same, by the way. <laughs> um, that gentle, intuitive somatic movement where we invite our bodies to show us where we hold tension. And with gentle movement, releasing that stored, stored tension and bringing that compassionate way of being with ourselves and our experience. 
we all know, or most of us know, how we hold tension within our bodies. This is something that I've been working with for many years now. And there is a specific way that I hold stress and therefore tension within my body. My body starts twisting in a, in, in a, um, towards the right, in a kind of spiraling way where I start holding a lot of tension in my right shoulder, the right side of my neck, or within my right side of my torso, my right hip. And so just by doing this gentle movement and checking in with those points that I hold tension in when I'm going into that stress response tells me so much. I know that my body will show me very clearly whether I am holding tension or not, because my mind can tell me, well, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes. I'm really stretched out and <laughs> I am holding on for dear life. And my body will say very clearly, yes, here is a lot of tension here, or, you know, there is, there is movement here. So our body communicates with us through those sensations. And if we learn to listen to it, then we are in that dialogue with our bodies and, and their wisdom. Another practice in here that for me comes under somatic practices is going for a walk in nature and appreciating beauty. This is something that I certainly put in place much more um, three years ago since we had, since we adopted our dog Oscar. And for me, the time that I love the most in the morning is early morning. And I love going out for walks with Oscar early morning. And as I said earlier, usually I try not to look at my phone. I try not to answer any messages. I just put it on silent. And if, when I allow myself to do that, even when I'm really busy, you know, I go for walk in the morning, or I go for walk in lunchtime or at the end of my working day, I can see how my body and my whole being responds to being in the present moment. There is a sense of unwinding that is happening. And it all comes from really consciously choosing to do that. Not looking at the phone, not, not trying to be solution focused. And when we do that, when we walk in nature, we appreciate the beauty around us. It allows us to slow down and reconnect with the natural rhythm of life. It cannot be any other way. This sense of unwinding, letting go, releasing. Think about the last time when you did that and how much more rejuvenated you felt, how that overwhelm and these feelings of... <gasps> I have to work harder, I haven't got time, or even these feelings of, oh, I can't do this, eased off just simply by being in nature. 
where we are very lucky that we live near the sea and walking on the beach every day, looking into the space, into the sea, hearing the sound of the waves, listening to the birds, watching Oscar frolicking around and just walking, walking. It completely shifts my state. Away from the computer, away from my work, away from solution focus way at the busyness and the barrage of data and information. So before, when I think about going for work in nature and appreciating beauty, this is, for me, this is like the most original <laughs> innate somatic practice that we do, that we've done for thousands and thousands and thousands of human life. And that we disregard so often in our very busy mind-focused lives, lives these days. But one of the things in here that it's worth saying is that embodiment is more than just physical practices like grounding or working with breath or being with breath or gentle somatic movement or somatic yoga. Embodiment is about learning to fully inhabit our bodies our inner experience and our lives. This is why those sensory awareness exercises, somatic practices help us engage with the world, with ourselves first and then the world in a much more profound way. And emotional embodiment allows us to much more fully experience and move through our emotions rather than becoming stuck in them. And, you know, embodiment practices, somatic practices with focus on reconnecting with ourselves for, with focus on the nervous system regulation, empower us to live with a sense of agency and a sense of grace even when we are stressed, even when we are really busy. But for me, it all starts with knowing my needs, acknowledging and honoring my needs. This is something that we start with in module one in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women training certification. Everything is built on that. If you don't know how you are, you don't know what your needs are. And even if you, you know, then you're just trying to meet your needs from this space of guessing, throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like maybe this will work. Or maybe I need, maybe I need this breath work practice. Or maybe I need, um, um, maybe I need uh, some, somatic yoga right now, or maybe I need to do some ground, or maybe I need to do some other practice. Maybe I need, there is a guessing. There isn't just like this embodied knowing and wisdom of, oh, this is how I feel. This is what's really going on for me. 
and this is what I need in response to it. And this is what I can do about it. There's a sense of conscious, compassionate choosing. This is a way of relating with yourself that builds an embodied self-trust. And that is the foundation of everything that we do. Over the years, I've witnessed incredible transformations when I work with women, when I share these practices. There is one client that comes to mind, one practitioner who um, felt being on the edge of burnout again and again, just coming through that cycle of burnout, working really hard, creating and building her business and then not being able to sustain it and then crushing, taking time to recover and then deciding, I'm going to try harder this time. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to try harder. And being able to do it for a bit and then crushing again. It's burnout cycle, self-perpetuating cycle that I can relate to really, really well. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to it as well. And with that practitioner, female practitioner, what we found that it was this regular pausing and checking in, regular somatic checking in and asking, what do I need right now? And then meeting her needs in an empowered way that made the biggest difference. That allowed her to adjust her behaviors, allowed her to adjust her schedule, allowed her to say yes or no to projects and people based on her real or understanding of her inner experience rather than what she thought she had to do, rather than acting and making choices out of that space of fear uh, or a space of obligation. And for that particular client, that practitioner, female practitioner, making those changes was life-changing. There is another practitioner, female practitioner that I'm thinking of that for, for whom grounding and breathwork practices were really, really helpful. Grounding through her feet, grounding through her sitting bones, connecting with the support underneath her. Every time she was attending meetings or every time that she was working with clients, that made a huge difference to her. And as a result, it really changed her relationships and her work and the quality of her work and the level of satisfaction she was feeling. So there is so much in here. Those practices, yes, they are simple. They are simple. But in our daily business, they are not easy to remember. As I said at the beginning, when you get, when I get 
<laughs> I speak for myself. When I get caught up in the busyness, in being most efficient, in uh, tweaking and changing and, you know, achieving and being all the time solution focused, where I get into the state of doing, 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 and I go too far and too long within that, then I start hitting overwhelm. And the only way to change it is to come back into the state of being. A state of being through somatic practices, a state of being through connecting with nature, a state of being connecting with others, a state of being. And of course, the somatic practices can help us with it really well. So as we finish today's episode, I'd like to invite you to explore the somatic and embodied practices that I was talking about and other somatic and embodied practices that maybe you learned yourself, that maybe resonated with you in the past and start doing them on a daily basis. Start small. When we do trauma-informed somatic work, it's key that we take baby steps. Start with one or two practices and just notice how they impact your sense of well-being and a sense of inner connection and connection with others and life itself of a period of time. Because this journey, and when I say the journey, I'm talking about life. Life is about experiencing it the best way that we can with most joy, with most connection. And so reconnecting with your body, reclaiming your power, and restoring your energy is key in that process. And you can do it for yourself from wherever you are. Wherever you are in your healing journey, wherever you are on this um, scope of whether you are feeling really grounded right now, whether you are feeling overwhelmed, whether you hit the burnout or you're recovering from burnout. You can start small today. You can make a commitment to yourself to prioritize your own embodied self-care. You can start making changes in the way that you work, in the way that you say yes or no to within your work or within your relationships, within your life. And over time, it will have a profound impact on the whole of you, your body, your well-being, your sense of self, your relationships, your work, how you see yourself within the wholeness of life itself. And ultimately, it is about that choice and our commitment to ourselves that everything is based on. 
And so for today, I'll leave you with this. Take care of yourselves. And I hope you found today's episode helpful. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you are interested in our training certifications at Golden Mandala Yoga Soma Institute, I invite you to visit our website, www.anettai.co.uk, where you can find all the information about our training certifications, uh, trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women and trauma-informed yoga teacher, as well as thriving business mandala coaching program. I look forward to connecting with you more. Mm -hmm.